Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are here to talk about Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one, written by Dennis Culver, illustrated by Chris Burnham. So just for some context here, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash DC3cast, we are currently going through all of Grant Morrison's work for DC. And we are currently in the middle, just about the exact middle, actually, of their run on Doom Patrol. And so I think all of us are a little bit more Doom Patrol pilled than we have been in the past. Or we're at least thinking about the book in a more serious way, maybe, than we have in the past. And so this comes at a really interesting time for a new Doom Patrol series to be launching. Uh, it is a six-issue miniseries, as are a lot of these uh, Dawn of DC titles. But um, I'm curious to start with Zach, because I know that Zach is a huge Chris Burnham fan, as are all of us. But I want to start with you, Zach. Um Give us your your general taste of the book before we get into the minutia of it. So I'm overall pretty positive on this. I think um, it is not any. So I it's kind of interesting because like my introduction to the Doom Patrol was that Keith Giffen book that I always talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And. I feel like when people think about Doom Patrol, the first thing they think about is the Morrison run. And even more lately, the Gerard Way run. And those are just like known for how kind of like weird and wacky and prestigious they are. Whereas like my first introduction to the Doom Patrol was just a run of the mill DCU book. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's very much what this is. This isn't, not this is the doom patrol as like superheroes essentially and i think for what it's doing it's perfectly crumpulent um and i still think it's so funny that there are going to be people who think i'm just saying that that word wrong um, yeah you, you have to be a real dc3 head to, uh, to get that reference um but the art just sends it over the top for me. I, I think the, the Burnham art alone, like it it could be the worst story I had ever read. It could be like Wildcats relaunch level and with the Burnham art and I would still slobber all over it. So I, I yeah, I'm I'm in for this book. Absolutely. Vincy? Um boy, I went I went back and forth over this one. I the first time I read it, I, I really didn't like it. Um but then I thought, well, maybe I'm being too hard on it because here's the thing. I'm, I'm constantly comparing it to Morrison because I, I just feel like I know this isn't right to say. And, and Zach made a very good case just now as to why it's not. But I feel like Doom Patrol almost belongs to Morrison just as an idea, even though, even though they didn't invent it, certainly not, but like everything we think about, as Zach kind of just said, the way that we think about Doom Patrol, it's, it's all informed by Morrison. The, the, the way run especially was informed by what Morrison had done. Um, and so I, I returned to it and I looked at it. I tried to look at it objectively in a different light. And I don't even like the more like it's well, if you listen to our patreon i don't even like the morrison doom patrol that much like <laughs> I, I think there's there's bits and pieces that are very good but but i i guess what 
Well, let's start with why I was negative on this to begin with, because I think as up and down I am on Morrison's Doom Patrol, I would rather see somebody try to swing for the fences like that or try to do something weird and fail at it than for somebody to purposely write something very middle of the road and classic superhero-y. Like, I don't need a, a... a doom patrol comic where the team feels like any other team in the DCU, you know? And I, I kind of really felt like that's what this was the first time I read it. The second time I read it kind of trying to give it more of a chance. There are parts of it that I really like, and we'll get into that. I think ultimately if it weren't for the art, I would not keep reading it, even though I don't, I ended up not hating it, um, but I'm just not, I'm not really interested in the pitch here. Um, I probably will check in with it due to the art until Burnham inevitably falls off. Um, it's only six issues. He may not fall off. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, I even, very much even that, I don't, even that, I don't know. I Did don't trust DC that... these days. To... I think it was, well, I don't remember if it was Culver or Burnham. One of them announced like in a tweet a while back like well before the book came out that they were planning this in basically as like installments of miniseries like mm. like the like if this one does well they will get to do another six issues basically and that's kind of how they're planning it um and i think i think, I think they even said that each one would have a different title so like this one's the unstoppable doom patrol and the next one would be something else sure that seems to be DC's plan with a lot of these minis right now, which, again, I actually think that's the best format for comics, believe it or not. Like, yeah, the, the BPRD. Thing. Yeah, the BPRD Hellboy model. Exactly. Anyway, finish up, Vince, before I go. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 anyway, we can, we'll get into the nitty gritty a little more. But I think I ended up not being interested in this book going forward. But I, I think there's a couple things that it does really well. And there's a couple things that I just, a couple choices it makes with the characters that I do not like. And that's, that's where I landed on this one. So very, very mixed. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty similar to where you guys are coming at this from. There's a couple of things I wanted to say that I, I think were a little bit different. I do like the overall pitch of this, which is that, the Doom Patrol is needed because it's a team of outcasts and they are, you know, basically surfing the surfing the world for for more outcasts. Um, I think that's uh, a perfectly fine and borderline fun, uh, you know, episode uh, or, or rather a miniseries. Right. I think that's I think if it was an ongoing, I'd be much more down on the overall on that being the story that was going to be told for a couple of years or even a year, I think that's probably a bit much. But I think for a six issue miniseries, I'm totally game for that as, as a pitch. I think that can be fun. I also think that the the bit of having one of Crazy Jane's personalities be the new chief is a pretty fun way to go about this. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a... That's a it's a clever way to to introduce the chief here in a new way. Um, I'm all for that. You know, we had just read a really good issue of the Morrison Doom Patrol 
with Mr. Mala and the brain. So seeing them back here, I appreciated that. My only problem with this book came when you guessed it, Peacemaker showed up. <laughs> and once once this became about yeah, yeah, that's a big one. You know, uh once this became about something just I don't even know how you what you'd say. Like when once it once it be, once it tried to be part of like the dawn of DC machine, I had no interest in it anymore. Yeah, it's how how many times I mean, we just did the new 52 project for for Patreon, right? And how many times at the end of some issue or some arc did Amanda Waller show up and it was like, well, the suicide squad needs to investigate this one. And they haven't stopped doing that. Uh, Like they've been doing that same bit for 12 years now. Yep. Am I wrong? Like, no, it's so characters have changed. Like it's, it's, it's peacemaker now, but it's the same thing. It's the same twist. It's it's ridiculous that anyone is supposed to read that and go, oh, oh, shit's shit's serious now. Peacemakers here, and it's not even keep going. Like, sorry, no, I mean that, it, that, that stuck in my craw too. Yeah, it, it's not even like there's something terrible about Peacemaker as like I don't I don't think Peacemaker is that much worse than any other character of the Suicide Squad, right? It's it just seems like this is such an overdone trope right now. And what had the opportunity to be a book with a little bit of a different flair to it now feels like it's been dragged back down into the Waller nonsense. And I I just I got no patience for that anymore. That that is a thing like this book feels very much tied into the current DC universe story arc you know what i mean where i mean this is like spinning directly out of lazarus planet it's dealing with the the fallout of that and and you know the the meta human aspect um it it is like kowtowing to the suicide squad mandate basically that, that you know you, that you guys have mentioned it's it's really it's really weird how not it's not I don't want to say it's like central to the DCU, but it almost it kind of is. It's like it is sort of like front and center with all the big things that are happening so much so that even, you know, Batman shows up in this. Yes. Um, which is kind of funny. I actually didn't mind the Batman stuff as much. Yeah. Um, although I thought that the Damien was written, let's call it terribly in this um well okay i thought that was yeah. tim actually <laughs> why would tim be there i don't know but well, he, he looked and acted more like tim you're right but there's the problem with like not spell it it felt very um this could be any time and place this could be any robin and that's yeah. a problem too yeah <clears throat> yeah um but yeah, Robin was written like shit. But otherwise, I thought that that Batman interaction wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, you know, a, a big part of I think the reason why this is so tied into everything right now is that Culver has become sort of <laughs> Culver is to Joshua Williamson as James Tynion was to Scott Snyder. 
right? Where, yeah. Whereas like his friend, his collaborator who gets to do not quite like the A-list stuff, but is certainly doing the B, B-plus stuff at DC right now. And I think that part of that deal is that he has to be carrying along the narrative. You know, he was doing... Uh, he was co-writing Justice League Incarnate for a while. Um, you know, just it just seems like he is he's he's privy to what the overarching story of the DC universe is right now, and is is a, a piece of plotting that out. But I wish that this be, because of what Doom Patrol is, I wish that this could have been its own little weird corner that didn't need to interact with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Uh, who, else, um, who wants to talk more about this now? I, I can talk a little more. Um, should I do Should I do one compliment and one criticism? Sure. Um, compliment. The the bit where I think it was Beast Girl is reading Dan Goria magazine hmm. while in the while in the ambulance um was pretty funny. Uh I, I love when they make nods to Danny the Street by like incorporating puns and stuff like that into the environment. Um that's that so that was great. I don't I hmm. Brian, you and I disagree about Crazy Jane, I think, as the chief, because and <clears throat> let me just say that it's only the first issue there. There's time to make this into something like. I, I think it could be good as presented in this first issue. I don't love that choice for the character. It it doesn't feel like Jane at all to me. It feels isn't the whole isn't the whole point, though, that you can't really know what Jane feels like because of all the different things. Mm, I, I, I think I get what Vince is saying and that, and I also agree with what Brian is saying. I think both <laughs> things are true. As usual, yeah. you fall somewhere As, between us. Yeah, because I agree with, with, with um, Vince that it, this does not feel true to the spirit of the character, but yeah. I agree with Brian that, there are so many versions of this character that this is this could just be one of them and that's that makes it it makes logical sense it it may it it intellectually makes sense even if it doesn't feel right yeah i that's probably a good way to say it because i I think like i i want to be clear that that i'm not saying characters should always wallow in their um past or like they can't change i don't want uh crazy jane to be somebody who is reliving their trauma over and over again and having to 
having to constantly be that traumatized person. That said, and without having read the rest of Morrison's Doom Patrol just yet, like keeping that in mind, the leap from that character to this character doesn't, I, I it, it just doesn't jive with me. Like, uh, this feels more like a hyper competent person using the H dial to dial up a hero whenever they want than the Jane character. That is, that is a, that is a fair note. I, I will, I will say that. Hmm. I mean, we have, we have read doom patrol stories past the Morrison run, but right now the doom patrol we're reading has a very unconfident Jane in it. I don't know if that's going to be the prevailing Jane we're going to get over the subsequent 25 or 30 years. Yeah. yeah. yeah and like, I, I am right. pretty sure Jane was in the, the Giffen run, but it's been so, so long since I've read it. I, this more than anything, it's funny. This didn't even like have any effect on, you know, we're, we're reading the Morrison run regardless this really made me want to go back and read that Giffen run and see how it compares. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um, so I'll just, you know, I think with a little bit of a lighter touch, because the thing, the thing that rubbed me wrong, I think is that this Jane is so, ah, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I really don't, I really don't need Jane to be stuck in the past. I, I don't mean that. But I also think this doesn't really feel like Jane at all. And I think mad, I think you're just mad that she went woke. <laughs> yep. Yeah. She's wearing yeah. masks. Ah, you got. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you wearing that diaper on your face? Right? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, no. I think what I want is. If I were more interested in this book and more interested in this premise, I would feel even better saying this, but I think like a couple more issues to see what is actually going on in this Jane's head would, would potentially make it better for me. I think I just need to see more of the character to see, to see on what level Culver is working here. You know, you, I, I don't think you can just make Jane the chief and that's that, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's gotta be a little more finessing of that. To, to get me to buy it, right? Do, do you think that we're going to get more of that? Or do you think that this is just... Uh... See, that's I'm pessimistic that that's going to be explored more. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll read them all, and then we can talk about it at the end of uh, the six issues, and, and I'll have changed my mind. But um, uh, so, so then another thing I liked... Um, the costumes are great. I love uh, the the consistent color scheme between them, the orange and white and black or whatever it is. It, it looks great. It pops. It's different. Um, and that is very much fitting with the, the Morrison run where there were like decided costume changes uh, throughout the arcs, right? Um, we've commented on some of the leather jacket stuff that they were doing in the in the eighties, nineties doom patrol run. So, um, 
I, I love, love, love the way that this book looks, not just because of Burnham's line work, but because of the designs. Um, really great stuff. Um, another criticism. I don't love the way that Mala and the brain. I appreciated that they showed up. I didn't love the way that they were written again. It's tough to, and I know, I know nobody's Morrison, right? But it's really tough to read that Mala in the brain Morrison Doom Patrol issue where their banter is so funny and so uh, specific. Like they have specific voices in that issue. And here they're just, they're kind of like generic squabbling doofuses. You know, and and I know that's not fair to compare anything to Morrison, but I think that I think that's what bugged me about it. Like we just read uh, literally like two weeks ago, we read this fantastic issue, one of the best issues of the run. And this just doesn't even come in the ballpark as far as their voices are concerned. They looked great again, like they looked awesome. Um, Burnham did a great job with the designs and the execution of the, they even did get into like a wacky cartoonish fight at the end, which was, that was befitting of the part Looney Tunes ending of the Morrison issue. But I just thought the, I thought the voices were off on those two. Am I, am I wrong or. I think that's fair. I do. Um, I I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree either. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I might be a little bit more um, high on this than than you are, and I think that a lot of this comes down to how I want to say this. Uh, I, I guess, I guess my biggest criticism of this does not come from the Doom Patrol stuff. I was fine with that stuff. It's the other stuff I have more of a problem with, and it seems like for you, you have more of a problem with the Doom Patrol stuff. And that's fair. It's just, it's just it's sort of how we how we read the books differently. Yeah. But I do want to end with one. I feel like I'm beating up on, on Culver a little bit. And I, I want to end with with one thing that I really liked about Culver's writing here. I think once again, Robot Man was really well written. That's been that's been the best thing for me about Morrison's run as well. And I think Cliff is written pretty well here, too. Because I think Cliff has always been like the human heart side of the Doom Patrol, at least in my mind. And Culver gets the bit at the end really right when when Cliff is talking down that test subject that ends up becoming degenerate. Um, And just using Cliff's own experience that we've seen in, in Morrison's run... And so that speech that Cliff is giving there is really informed by that. And that's that's the best thing that a comic that wants to harken back to prior runs can do. When it can take that that weighty stuff, if you're familiar with it, and it can inform the character and show real growth. That is That's what I see from Cliff here that I'm not sure exists with the other members of the Doom Patrol yet. And it's, it's early, you know, like I said... That stuff could come. It, they could all get fleshed out in, in various other ways. But I think 
most successful uh, of any of those characters in this issue was Cliff. And it, it all came out in that speech at the end that was really heartfelt. And it gave this Doom Patrol, I, I know uh, Jane is the one that, as the chief, that kind of gives the mission statement of the team when she, when when she's doing the speech to Batman. But but really, the the actual mission statement of the Doom Patrol comes out best in Cliff's little little speech that he gives the degenerate. So um, that part, that part was great. And I, I felt really good when I, when I revisited this, I thought, okay, I I may not love everything that's going on here, but the mission statement of the team, the reason for this book existing, I feel like Culver got that right. So, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be good in the end, but I'm just I'm really mixed on this first issue. That's all. Exactly. Anything to add? Mm, no, no, I don't think so. Again, I, I mean, I, we haven't we talked about how good the art was, but I can't like overstate how good the art was. It was just <laughs> incredible. Yeah, Burnham has a real knack for both design and action. And it's usually, I feel like there's a lot of creators you could say are one or the other. But like Vince mentioned the costumes before and like the team just looks fantastic and every page is just so well designed and so fun and the action is big and dumb in the best possible way. And the the character beats when they happen, and they're odd character beats, but when they do happen, he is able to, to wring some emotion out of it. Um, I mean, I also think that Burnham's art is something that, and I I hate saying things like this because I don't, I never want to sound gatekeepy or anything like that. I think a lot of people who are new to comics may not get Burnham's art as much because I think what he does is so nuanced to the art form that if you're not super uh, if you're not super versed with the art form it maybe doesn't seem as impressive does that make sense to you boys yeah yeah i think so um but i mean i just i go apeshit over his art it's fantastic um you know I, i think when he was a young artist he was very much noted for his similarities to frank quietly and i think that is obviously still there but Burnham over the past decade or so has really established himself as something different than Quietly. And uh, while there are obviously some similarities still, I think this does not feel... It may look in pages like a Quietly book, but it doesn't feel like a Quietly book anymore. Burnham has has, has really established himself nicely uh, in that way. Yeah, they, bo- they both have like similar line work tendencies whereas like quietly has a very like otherworldly and like like ethereal quality like i always feel like i'm looking at something alien whereas burnham has while having very similar line work is clearly so much more informed by like the 90s image yes uh sensibilities even though his art's way better than a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but those, those like, those like is... burning action tendencies are, are very much there. 
Yeah, Burnham is all bombast with his yeah. action stuff. Yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, the only other note I had um, in my notes I wanted to talk about was that I would be more upset about the brain looking to being destroyed here if it was a character that people will forget was killed here and brought back in another book in a year or two or whatever. Like, um, but I did think that that's a, you know, I love that. I love these characters and I felt it was a bit of a rushed dispatchal dispatch of that character. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, no one's going to remember it. It'll be back. He'll be back soon enough. Yeah. Uh, any other notes? Mm Mm-mm. All right, well, Vincy, what uh, what comes out next week for us? Um, Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number two, Batman, 134, Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo, number six, Fables, 158, Icon versus Hardware, two, Poison Ivy, 11, The Flash, 796, and The Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing, number seven. Well, until next time, you can find two-thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app. And I'm at the Woke of Z. I got it right it, this time. You did get it right this time. I'm very proud of you. Uh, <laughs> no, was, was it two or three weeks running that you used your old uh, Twitter handle? I think it was two. I think it was two. Okay. It was two. Um, if you need to find Vince, he is trying to sleep with all the dogs in his house. What? You have lots of dogs uh-huh. in your house right now. You still yeah, you, you didn't have to say it like that. What are you, well, Tobias how... Funke? You should, you should uh, speak into a tape recorder and play it back once in a while. <laughs> Nothing that I said was bad. <laughs> Jeez, someone's a little sensitive about uh. You said I'm trying to sleep know. with all the dogs in my house. I meant trying to sleep, trying to get a good <laughs> night's sleep with all those dogs. Jesus Christ! Okay, good night, folks. I Bye. thought you were trying to make a. No, I was just uh, trying to say that the, the, the barking dog kept them up all night. That's all. Next, you're gonna say you blew yourself. I mean, you tried. <laughs> <laughs> good night, folks. I don't know why that sounded so sexual, but because it was it was supposed to be sexual.